Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast with stories about the weather and the role it plays in our daily lives. I'm AccuWeather's Ken Prell, in for meteorologist Dean DeVore. Dean will be back again next week. But, uh, you know, hosting this show is a lot of work, so I figured I'd bring in my good pal, Andy Rob. How are you? I'm great. How are you? It's kind of weird. We're we're actually not in the same studio together. We're doing this uh, via Zoom. I'm in my home studio and you are at AccuWeather's headquarters right now. Yep. I'm in the office and, and it's weird for us to actually be hosting the show this week. Yeah. I mean, and it's been 2020 has been a strange, strange year, as everyone will agree with. And thankfully, it's almost over as we approach <laughs> the winter season. Well, this is our eighth episode of our fall series, and that means winter not far away. And that's what uh, this week's show is all about. So, yes, with winter coming, we need to have an update about, you know, how you can be impacted, whether it be holiday shopping, going out and skiing, or if you're going to have a chance for a white Christmas and we're going to have one of our very best and brightest joining us on this episode. That's right. Paul Pastelock, senior meteorologist and AccuWeather lead U.S. long range forecaster is going to join us. And then also from AccuWeather, meteorologist and emergency preparedness specialist Becky DePaul. Godwin's going to join us. She's going to have all kinds of great information for you to prepare for the winter, not only in your home, but also with your vehicle, getting that ready, what things to have in case things go wrong when you're on the roadways, and also how your furry friends could maybe be impacted as well, and how to get them ready for the upcoming winter season. And it's all this week on Everything Under the Sun. Well, let's get to our first topic and guest for this week here on Everything Under the Sun. We are talking about the holiday weather and winter forecast for the rest of the year and into 2021. Pleased to welcome in right now senior meteorologist and lead long-range forecaster Paul Pastelock. Paul, thanks for, so much for uh, joining us again here on Everything Under the Sun. Yeah, it's great to be back. Of course, things are still different the way we're doing it, but... Uh, <laughs> That's the hard part, actually. I, I mean, I love doing this segment with you guys, but I also like being in the room with you guys, and uh, it's a little different doing it on screen. Well, Paul, we wanted to uh, have you back on the podcast this week to talk about holiday weather, the winter weather forecast for the rest of the year and into 2021. Can't believe we're talking about 2021 already, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul, as we as you look at it, what are some of the driving factors that you look at as you're putting together the winter forecast? I mean, there's a lot that goes in it. We start in July putting this forecast together, and we look at not only forecast models, which are from that far out are not that very good, but they give a sense of direction of where you want to head towards at least, maybe not the exact numbers. But we also try to do our, our, our method like most long-range forecasters, trying to match years that look like this coming year. We try to get a good set and get good weights to it and kind of give a good flavor, which helps us get the values like the snowfall and the precipitation and temperatures, and we kind of all put it together. And that's what we've been doing since July. But as we get closer, then it starts turning into, okay, what's going on now? 
-hmm. What has changed since July and August that is going to make this forecast change? And about three weeks ago, Ken and Andy, uh, we were seeing the temperatures, water temperatures in the eastern Pacific, just off the California coast, just go through the roof, way above normal. And we're like, whoa, wait a minute. we got to watch this because if that happens, it's going to change the upper patterns around the Pacific, which will change the patterns in the United States. Mm -hmm. The good news since then, those water temperatures have backed off back to what we thought was going to happen. So we were kind of like, you know, (laughs) the sweat was coming down like, oh, no, how many changes are we going to have here in November? But right now, things still look like La Nina is the main driver. Polar vortex, which is always in the news lately, uh, is still going to be relatively strong, maybe not as strong as last year, and give us these mild periods in the eastern half of the nation from time to time. But the La Nina will drive the moisture in the northwest pretty hard. So you mentioned uh, La Nina and how that can affect things. For some people that may not know, could you maybe describe to us what La Nina is? Yes. uh, La Nina and El Nino are these alternating phases that take place. It starts over in the water temperatures over the central and eastern uh, equatorial Pacific. When you start to see cooling from underneath the water, the subsurface temperatures cooling, and that ends up getting to the surface, it starts to cause certain upper level patterns once they start, once the water and the atmosphere couples together. And when we see these patterns, they can become very strong depending on how strong La Nina becomes. We are looking at a moderate La Nina coming on. So this is a fairly strong one that will produce an area of high pressure generally over the middle part or north central part of the Pacific. And what that does is it acts like a block. So everything coming in from Asia kind of runs into that block, splits. One piece goes up toward Alaska, comes down through Canada. That's the colder air part of the uh, split. And then the other one goes underneath, and that's the wet part of the split. And it all comes back together in the northwest and northern Rockies. That's why during the La Nina, that area of the country is highly correlated compared to the rest of getting wet, snowy winter seasons. Now, what does that leave for the rest of the country? Well, the jet stream in La Nina is fairly strong in the northern half of the nation in Canada. In El Nino, it's generally the southern part of the jet stream that drives the storms is fairly strong. So this year, we have more of a northern track pattern, we think, overall setting up. So that's fast-moving systems in the northern plains in the northeast and wind and clipper-style systems and some cold will come down. However, the south could miss out, and they could be warm. They could be mild. They could be fairly go through periods where they don't get much precipitation, which is bad for the drought in the southwest, but it could be good for the COVID situation where restaurants can still have outdoor seating throughout the season. So there's some benefits and some not-so-benefits out of this uh, type of pattern. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, dive a little bit more into some specific forecasts. Of course, we're just a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving. Any potential travel issues that we're looking at here for that week? Okay. Up over the next couple of weeks, we still got to deal with the tropics. The tropics still look busy to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's still some tropical waves out there that we have to watch that could develop. We've already broke the 2005 record for named storms, but we still could see some moisture come into the Southeast, but it's hit and miss. I do think there's some chilly weather coming up after this long stretch of warm weather we've seen in the eastern half of the nation Mm -hmm. uh, next week. And it'll come in the northeast. There'll be some snow showers, some lake effect snow, but nothing too extreme as far as cold goes. 
by Thanksgiving week, I do think there's going to be a fairly strong front, cold front that comes from the plains to the east in that Tuesday, Wednesday time period and may clear the coast just in time for the holiday. So maybe a little rough on the uh, traveling at the start of the holiday, but the holiday itself for the eastern half of the nation looks pretty good, just a little chillier, and then it warms up. The plains looks dry, and the northwest, though, uh, unfortunately, Seattle and Portland look wet at this point. And because Thanksgiving is around the corner, that also means, you know, the winter holiday season right around the corner, which is one crazy to think that we're already at this point. And it's going to be unlike any, you know, holiday season we've ever seen, especially in terms of, of traveling for people that are going to to see loved ones uh, during the, the holiday season. Uh, what can we anticipate in terms of travel and stuff like that approaching the Christmas holiday and impacting shopping? Well, first of all, Christmas has begun at our house. Okay. My son has <laughs> insisted my son has insisted that the lights go up. And you know something? I did not disagree with them. And the reason why is two reasons. The first reason is because it's been so warm. I'm saying mm-hmm. I cannot stand putting lights out when it's cold. So yep. we have all the lights outside done already. Nice. All right. And I think a lot of people are going to follow suit this year for the second reason. It's a mental, it's a, it's a social thing. It's, a, it's one of those things. We've gone through a tough 2020. Yes. We need some hope. We need some brightness in ourselves and feel good. Putting Christmas lights up after the week that I've had with all the work and everything was a nice break. It was mm-hmm. a nice thing to do with my son. It was, I think people need to look at that and say, hey, take advantage of that. Go to the stores. Go get a couple more extra lights. Start sticking them out there now. You don't have to turn them on until after Thanksgiving, but just doing it. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And Paul, I mean, I've seen a lot of people on social media and it was, you know, everybody kind of really doing the same thing over over Mm -hmm. the past uh, week. And and it was kind of a nice little distraction from everything else that's going on in the world with COVID, with the election, everything else. So yeah, having the weather cooperate with that has been awesome. Yeah. You know, and again, it's a soothing factor and a healing factor just to kind of Put out some bright lights and look, okay, 2020 is almost gone. The new year is coming soon. And and I think it's just a new thing, new beginning, and, and it really helps out. Now, as far as the weather goes, I, I think that you can do this easily all across the south. I mean, temperatures are still going to be warm. The plains, central and southern plains still warm. I think that's going to be the case all the way into uh, early December. As you get into the northeast, though, of course, it's going to be back and forth, but it all doesn't all look that bad. I, I'm a little nervous about New England around Christmas holiday season that we get one of these fast-moving systems to come in and hit that warm water off the eastern seaboard and blow up into a big snowstorm event. I don't know if it's going to be on Christmas from this far out, but I think around that time period, the pattern could change and, and go into that direction. I think in the early part of December, it's still more mild and chill, but there's still some chill. The area that feel confident that we still got some pretty rough weather is the Pacific Northwest. I mean, it just doesn't look like the pattern lets up. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for the folks there traveling, getting over those passes could be difficult. Flying-wise with wind and the precip coming down hard, there could be delays that start there. And then if you follow the system to the Midwest, <laughs> you may have some delays at airports in Chicago, Minneapolis from time to time. I think those are the most prone airports, Ken and Andy, that uh, we may have some problems with. But the South, I think, looks okay. 
still looks a little smoky in the southwest because the fire danger and fire threat still lasts in early December. But by Christmas, I think it's pretty much done. All right, Paul. Well, hold on. I'm dreaming of a white <laughs> Christmas. All right, Paul, what's my best chances for a white Christmas? Where, where do yeah. I need to go to, to experience that this year? Oh, well, the normal climatology says, hey, <laughs> central, northern Rockies, northern plains, Great Lakes. But I know you're laughing at that. We don't want to hear that. Crud. <laughs> Give us the real stuff. Where yep. is it going to snow when it normally doesn't snow? Right. That's what everybody wants to hear. Well, let's take the East Coast cities. Okay, it doesn't typically you don't typically have snow on the ground at Christmas time. It's Mm -hmm. just too early. Usually January, February to March is the seasons because the water temperatures are running warm. It's hard to get snow to fall in those areas. I get it. It's a little higher chance this year. And the reason I say that is, is that we're warm through November. A lot of times they say quiet Novembers lead to kind of wild Decembers. Mm -hmm. And I still think there's going to be some wildness and I think there's going to be a potential for sea storms to kind of spin up off New England. So Boston and New York and Harford, a little higher chance of seeing, not a great chance, but a higher chance of a white Christmas in those areas. Another area is the Ohio Valley and Tennessee Valley. I think like places like Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Chicago, they're going to get one of these clippers to dig down a little farther south and lay some snow on the ground. I think it's going to happen by mid-December uh, and sticks around all the way into Christmas. I do think that we're going to have some uh, whiteness on the ground there. And another area that already is fairly high, but it should be just just high as it is, is the Cascades, the Wasatch Range, the Bitterroot Chain. There's going to be a lot of snow, a lot of skiers out there. I think it's going to be really nice um, in the Northwest. Very pretty setup as far as white Christmas go. Paul, is there Go an ahead. actual criteria to having yeah. a white Christmas? Yeah, the, the criteria is one inch or more on the ground. I think that's a bunch of, uh, <laughs> I, say it. I really think that, you know, I, and when I was a kid, if it snowed, a flake on Christmas, yep. it was a white Christmas to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there I, with you. Yep. Right, yeah. yeah, me too. I mean, I live in Southern Connecticut. Everything changed over back then. <laughs> of course, when I left for college, then every snowstorm in the world hit them. But when I was there, everything changed over to ice and rain. It was disappointing. But when I saw a flake of snow around Christmas time, I was satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Paul, I know that 2020 has been you know, a heck of a year. A lot of people aren't going out as much, but people are clamoring to get outside in those winter months and some people want to hit the powder. So let's talk about, you know, skiing conditions and the ski forecast for for this winter. You know, it's very hard for me to predict a poor season for any ski area. The the technology nowadays is so incredible. A couple of years ago, I visited a ski area in Southern Pennsylvania and the guy showed me everything. And it was so impressive, his operation. The thing is, is that if you can get some cold at night, you can produce the snow and get the bases. The problem becomes in these southern areas like the mid-Atlantic states, like parts of the Midwest, they have some ski areas there as well. And in parts of the Four Corners region outside of Colorado, you get these warm-ups and it causes ice and all that kind of stuff. You can fix that stuff. If anything, I have to say is if there's any poor sections, it's because of this mid-season warm-up again that we could see in January and February across, you know, areas where the ski areas in Southern Pennsylvania, parts of West Virginia, down through the Appalachians there, it may, it may suffer a little bit and also parts of New Mexico, but everywhere else, I think it's good to excellent. And I really think it's excellent in the Northwest. 
all the way through the spring. And that's another thing. Extended ski seasons make it even better. That's always good. And the Northeast, it's one of those things where you're good early. You're going to get some shots of cold at night. That's going to, you're going to make snow. You're going to get clippers that are freshening up. And you're going to get a couple of Nor'easters to do it. But you're also going to have some ice events, I think, in this pattern, especially mid-season. And that could kind of mess it up a little bit. But they'll find ways to improve it and get it better. So you may have some disruptions and some delays in January and February. But it could be active all the way into March this year. So I do feel that we could uh, have an extended snow season there too. So, so it's more so it's more good than bad right now. Is I agree. When you have a La Nina and a northern active jet stream, you're getting cold. So mm-hmm. you got good opportunities to keep that snow on the bases and good and fresh. So that's the positioning as, as far as the ski forecasts go. Good to excellent for many areas, just a few border-aligned southern areas that we got to watch out for again. So if you're a skier or a snowboarder, this is a great season to get out there. You might buy yourself some extra time. So that's that's great information for sure. And you know, Andy, I, I think this pattern is just good overall for what we've been through, for all these people who want to get out. Just Not just the scheme, but I think it just sets up perfectly for people in the south, people in the north. I think it's good oper- good winter season coming up for most people. Paul, I'm looking at your uh, snowfall prediction map. You've been talking about it all throughout this interview. Um, the Northwest and Northern Rockies looking like a high frequency for uh, snowstorms this year. Absolutely. And it's it's already started here. I mean, we've seen several mm-hmm. systems. Uh, we, you know, even in Colorado, we had a big snowstorm in, uh, remember, back in September. Yep, that's uh, right. You know, we had a storm in September. We had a couple here in October. We've had just a... Uh, incredible winter so far set up here um we thought it would be a little bit slow in the northwest getting going but it's actually overachieved in my opinion here in november so i think things are looking up i think things are looking good don't be surprised though that it lets up at times in december a little bit in 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 the west it's not going away it's just letting up from time to time still going to be uh you know good snowfall and above normal and we actually updated a map that put a much above now in the cascades an area this far out. So we do feel it's going to be with confidence and those normals are pretty high that it's going to be very good there. What about the Northeast? Well, you know, above normal there is going to be tough until you get up to places like, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire that get it more frequently. It's just too much changeovers and too much warming. I think farther South that we can, you know, put in an above normal area. And in fact, we have mostly below normal from the mid Atlantic on South and West. So at this point, that's that's where we stand. And watch for another storm track to develop midwinter that could get uh, the Midwest pretty okay. active as well. So. That could also cause some uh, disruptions around the Great Lakes region too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we still think at least three or four lake effect events before the year is up. And that's pretty decent. It's not record-breaking, but we do mm-hmm. think that the, the lakes are active. And you're in a La Nina, you get these clipper systems, all you need is a little bit of cold and boom, you get the lake effect kicking in. We think it's going to be higher in the Tug Hill area of, uh, you know, near north of Syracuse. Also, UP of Michigan could be pretty active as well. And you get farther west, I think you're talking more of the, you know, the old fashioned snowstorm events that you talk about in Wisconsin and Minnesota. I, I think they have opportunities for that, uh, especially heading toward midseason. All right. Well, before we let you go, Paul, anything we missed? Any uh, other information we should look at? Yeah, I'd like to know what you guys are giving me for Christmas. <laughs> what do you I want? You, I just gave a great forecast. I don't want to get a get a present myself. And we can, I, and we I, can sang, all this. I sang to you earlier. Come on, wasn't that good enough? That was good too. Actually, I should have recorded that myself. It was. Yeah. It was good. good pitch. 
Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can find you know most of this information um, that you're that you're telling us right now on AccuWeather.com, right? Absolutely. I mean, listen, the new app. When you get closer to these points, you got to hit that. It'll give you so much information to make your plans, especially for folks that still want to go out and eat mm-hmm. in, in areas that you don't typically eat this time of the year because yeah. of the, the restrictions that are going on. The other thing, too, is the website and the uh, the network that you, if you have DirecTV or Fubo, you can see it on there as well. So we'll be doing updates. Uh, occasionally, I'll make an appearance or it'll be another broadcaster that has a better looking face than me. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, all those kind of things. We'll, we'll keep you updated as the season goes on. And Paul, for everybody out there who's a podcast fan, you got your own podcast. Yeah, we do. And we do it every uh, week. It comes out around midweek, Wednesday or Thursday. Joe Lumberg and myself, we hit on all these points. Anything that changes is put into that podcast. It's it's a lengthy one. You don't have to listen all at once, but (laughs) but it has a lot of information, a lot of good tips too. Joe's a biker. He just floods you with information and and helps you out. And it's really laid back too. I mean, it's not, we try to keep it unscientific, but uh, we'll explain things and maybe you'll learn some stuff too. Yeah, there is a lot of great information yeah. in there. And of course, the show is called Going Long with Joe and Paul. So make sure to look out for that, especially if you are a weather buff and you're into long range forecasting. Paul Pastelock, Senior Meteorologist, AccuWeather Lead, Long Range Forecaster. Thanks so much for joining us, Paul. Thanks, guys, for having me on again. Always great to have our friend Paul Pastelock on the show. He just knows so much about when it comes to long-range forecasting. And like we said earlier, if you want to know more about long-range forecasting and what that means for you, check out his podcast, Going Long with Joe and Paul, alongside his colleague and fellow AccuWeather meteorologist, another great guy, Joe Lundberg. So stay tuned for that. They usually drop shows on Thursdays or Fridays, so check it out. All right, we'll do. And remember, you can keep up on all the uh, latest winter news and winter forecast right at AccuWeather.com. And make sure you download the free AccuWeather app. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by AccuWeather's own Becky DePodwin with some winter tips. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. And welcome back to Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast. We are in episode eight of our fall series. I'm Ken Prell along with Andy Robb. We're in for host Dean DeVore this week. Dean will be back next week. But uh, moving along in the show here, Andy, it's time to talk about some winter preparedness tips. Yeah, because it's going to be here before you know it. This year has flown by. So it's better now to prepare. Like Paul was saying, you know, hang up those those Christmas decorations, those holiday decorations early before it gets too cold. There's other things that you can do to get ready for the winter. And bringing in now Becky DePodwin, AccuWeather Meteorologist and Emergency Preparedness Specialist. Becky, thanks so much for joining us again here on Everything Under the Sun. How have you been? Good, good. Trying to just get outside as much as possible, as long as we still have some some decent weather here. Yeah, it's been gorgeous this week, uh, at least the early part of the week. And that's kind of where we wanted to kind of talk about, because we know this uh, beautiful weather wasn't going to last forever. And uh, we would head into the winter season and wanted to talk about some preparedness tips about traveling this winter, getting outside and preparing the home. So uh, where do you want to start? 
Yeah. So people may not be traveling quite as much as previous years, maybe not traveling by air, but they're still probably going to be traveling by car. So checking, checking the forecast along your route, checking it ahead of time, um, using Wintercast on the website to have an understanding of how widespread the snow is going to be, I think is going to be significant. Um, Not to mention we're all working remotely at this point, right? So power outages are going to be particularly impactful. Um, When we used to be on site at a a location, that location probably had uh, generators that they would use um, to ensure continuity um, of, of business. So making sure that you're going to, you know, what's going to be coming down uh, here in the next week or so. That's a great uh, point that I didn't even thought about is power outages. I see Andy's eyes here on Zoom, yeah. just, uh, you know, ready to yeah. pop out. I didn't think about because- that, but it's like, yeah. Once the internet goes out and like, you know, a lot of us, you know, if you're connected either to a VPN to like your work network, that could, yeah, oof, that I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's something we've been talking to um, our business clients a lot um, in preparation for I mean, both hurricane and winter season. A lot of the mm-hmm. impacts can be the same in terms of power outages, but we already saw this happen in Oklahoma City uh, a couple of weeks ago and across the Central Plains when they had that crazy ice storm. You had power and internet go down for a couple of weeks there. I was more, more in a personal level. Um, I think for for our physical and mental health, I think the, knowing what the weather is going to be is going to be really important this, this year. Uh, when is it going to be nice enough to get outside and go for a hike? I, I always look at the weather for mainly for rain because it can be a cold rain here. And that's like the one weather I won't actually hike in. Uh, but anything else is, is pretty much fair game. So you know, is it going to be snowing? What are the snowfall rates going to be? You know, good weather to go make a snowman, to go just out for a drive, to leave your house for, you know, an hour. Hopefully outdoor dining can continue in many locations. I know Paul talked about um, the areas of the country that may still experience mild weather. Mm -hmm. Um, So having an understanding of what the temperature, wind and precipitation um, forecast is like for when you're going to be out. Um, knowing that if it's like an evening reservation, the temperature is probably going to fall throughout um, the time that you're sitting there. So definitely bring layers, uh, bring a, a blanket, hat, gloves, be prepared for for any precipitation that may fall if you're sitting outside, hopefully under a tent, but that may not be the case everywhere. Plus with AccuWeather's real feel, that also kind of gives you a better idea of what it actually will feel like outside because, you know, once once you have wind chill and stuff like that, it could make it be much colder than it than it really is. Yeah, I, I use real feel all the time, especially in the winter. I, I do not like the wind, but I can tolerate the cold really, really well. So I know like what it's actually going to feel like if that that wind is a factor. Um, the other thing that's really useful, even as a meteorologist that I still use, is um, Minicast. So if I'm sitting in a restaurant and I start feeling raindrops, is this going to be a full-on rain shower that I'm going to need to to run for cover, or can I just wait it out? Um, and Minicast will tell you, you know, light rain, heavy rain, and exactly how long it's going to last, which is really fantastic. Yeah, it's an awesome tool to have, especially if you spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, I spent, you know, a lot of time during this pandemic out on the golf course, and having that, like knowing if there's going to be a shower, if you have to, you know, hunker down, get to cover, like you said, or if you can just ride it out, it's really a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of just really useful tools on both the app and the website um, that people can use to sort of contextualize their their day, whether they're staying inside um, or planning on getting outside um, this winter, at least knowing if it'll snow and you have something beautiful to look out at. Well, Becky, I see you have a, a little friend with you right there. Um, who, do, who do we have with you right there? This is Blitz. <laughs> Blitz. <laughs> Well, that kind of leads me right into my next question. Any tips for getting our pets prepared for this winter? 
dogs and cats alike can um, really suffer when they go outside. When it, if it's been snowing and the roads have been treated, the ground has been treated often with salts, um, rock salts, um, anything like that, that can really wear on, on their paws and actually um, be quite painful. So either putting little booties on them um, or definitely just wiping them off when you go and they come back inside. Jackets, there are a lot of companies that make, um, and for, for dogs especially, who tend to spend more time outside than cats, um, that'll help keep them warm if they're going to be outside for a longer period of time. Um, but also just making sure that they're included generally in your um, emergency procedures, whether that's making sure their food is in your your kit, in your in your vehicle. This is very distracting. <laughs> it's like crawling on my back. Oh, there's two of them now. Oh, who do we have now? <laughs> that's Clark. <laughs> oh, this is my. ridiculous. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, no, but pet, pets pets should always be a part of your emergency plan, whether you're staying put, making sure that they have enough food, just like you make sure that if you have enough food, any medication for pets, um, or if you're planning on evacuating or going on a road trip, uh, just making sure that they're going to be well taken care of. And you were talking about, um, you know, vehicles and having kits in your vehicles. Are there any other tips that you might have for uh, proper precautions for your vehicle for the winter time? Yeah, I mean, now is the time, you know, to really start making sure your vehicle has been winterized. Uh, I don't know if snow tires are still a thing on most on some vehicles. Most of us have all season tires, but making sure those tires have been flipped over, that you have chains. If you're going to be traveling in mountainous regions that require chains. Um, I come from Colorado where that was very much a thing. <laughs> making sure like your heater and windshield wipers are all in working conditions that all fluids have been refilled. Uh, my dad always suggested keeping a little bit of, of a windshield wiper fluid just on hand in your car in case you run out. The one big tip that I always like to share, because I see it so often when I'm driving, if you have your windshield wipers on and there's precip happening, any rain, snow, anything at all, your headlights should be on. This isn't right. so much to help you see, although that's obviously important, but it's mainly so other vehicles can see you. Mm -hmm. um, we're also getting into the time of year where we may be commuting when it's getting dark out, if we're commuting, if that's a yeah. thing <laughs> for some people. And so it's there's that, that twilight time period that it can be really, really difficult to see people, but your car's automatic headlights may not have kicked on or something like that. Um, it may not be obvious to you that it's it's dark out and you're, you, you can't be seen as easily. So use your headlights. If your windshield wipers are on, headlights should be on. Black ice, also a big concern when you're driving at nighttime. Do you have any kind of advice about uh, where it can form on bridges or, or what to do if you encounter something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, using your car's thermometer, it's not always the most accurate, but for this, it can be an approximate um, gauge for what the temperature will be. If that is anywhere within a few degrees of 32 of that freezing mark, drive like you might be on black ice because you very, very well might be. If there's been any kind of precip and that temperature is near freezing, and honestly, just always assume that bridges have ice on them um, because the cold air goes can go underneath the bridges. It causes that bridge to cool down much quickly than the road um, on either side of it. So it's very, very common for bridges to be um, icy long before the roads ever are. What about in terms of like an emergency preparedness kit is something that you might have to keep, you know, in your vehicle, maybe in your trunk, just in case if something, you know, does go awry. Uh, what kind of things would that consist of? So an ice scraper and shovel to start or first to start, if you need to scrape ice off your car, shovel yourself out. That's happened a few times here and there. If you maybe go off the road a little bit and you got to shovel out um, flares or reflective triangles, Again, if you're on the side of the road, 
needing to change a tire or anything like that so that you are visible to oncoming traffic. Um, having a cell phone charger and or battery pack to make sure you stay charged while you possibly wait for um, first responders. Mm-hmm. Uh, flashlight, extra batteries. Again, we're, it gets dark at 4.35 p.m. now, so we've lost a lot of daylight. Yeah, I think this one's especially important. Um, warm clothes. Honestly, bring an entire change of, of clothing that includes waterproof shoes, a hat, gloves. We don't often drive with the intention of being outside. We're going from one location to another, mm-hmm. um, you know, to a restaurant, to work, whatever it may be. So you probably aren't prepared to, to get out of your vehicle in winter conditions. Um, but if something happens, uh, it's definitely a good idea to be prepared with, with gloves, hats, warm clothes, uh, a blanket for worst case scenarios. And most people have more than one pair of that. So it's like if you have that extra, you know, kind of older right. coat laying around or something, just, you know, throw it in a in a bag and put it in your trunk and then, you know, you won't be caught off guard. Absolutely. Again, food, water, these things are all good to have in your car. Just anything non-perishable that'll last for, for a season or two that you know is going to be there. Um, a first aid kit, any other necessary medical supplies, jumper cables. That seems like an obvious one. We should all have those in there. And then sand or cat litter for traction. I think we've probably heard this a few times, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I've used it when, you know, getting stuck on Pennsylvania roads around here, you need just that little bit more of traction. Um, Mm -hmm. Sand or or cat litter can really give that, that, give it the traction that you need to be able to get moving again. Um, and then one final thing that I, I, I think is important to have is, is a whistle, um, particularly in the winter months. If you go off the road and there are drifts and it may be difficult to see you, that'll just be another way to alert first responders to where your location is. Becky, all great tips on the vehicle. Let's get back to the house a little bit, because again, I think that's where the majority of us are going to be spending our winter with, with COVID, flu, who knows what else is coming down the line? It's 2020, so who knows? Um, but yeah, some tips for your house. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully nothing else coming down the line. But yeah, um, again, I, I mentioned that that ice storm out in Central Plains earlier. Um, what we saw happen there was um, ice forming on branches, um, trees that had a lot of leaves on them, and then those branches and trees came down on homes, on vehicles. So it's important to, to kind of clear out any any branches that may come down that are overhanging your house to kind of get those away from the house. Um, hopefully you don't have to park under um, a tree like that. Just inspect it. Make sure if it, it looks strong and steady, if it looks a little bit weak, it may be a good idea to take that down um, so it's not taken down by snow or ice. Testing the heating system and having hot water heaters inspected. Checking the batteries of smoke detectors and carbon monoxide sensors is a good idea. We usually recommend doing that when the time changes, so hopefully that's already been done. Cleaning and inspecting any wood or coal-burning stoves or chimneys. I know there's still a lot of those here in the Northeast any outdoor snow um, snow equipment, like a snowblower, making sure that's been um, serviced, has oil, whatever it may be. And I think just the, the typical one that I think we're all really aware of is <laughs> detach the hoses. Um, just making sure your pipes don't freeze because the last thing you want in the middle of winter is a flooded basement. I can't think of many things that would be much worse than that, especially in the winter time, for sure. Well, again, all great advice, all great tips that you can find AccuWeather.com. They're all under our AccuWeather Ready section. Becky, this has been great. Thank you so much for the time. And thank you to Blitz and Clark for joining us as well. Yeah. Yes, they were thrilled to join. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you soon, Becky. Thanks so much. Yep, sure thing. Thanks. And of course, once again, big thanks to Becky DePodwin for spending some time with us today. And of course, for more tips, just go to AccuWeather.com and check out AccuWeather Ready. 
All right. Well, Andy, thanks so much for hanging out with me this week and hosting everything under the sun. Really appreciate it. Yeah. It took two of us to equal one Dean. How about that? (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Dean will be back next week. And I I think we're continuing to talk about pets and winter weather. That's right. We're going to be talking with dogtopia.com, Lorraine from Dogtopia, to talk about ways to keep your pets safe in the wintertime. All right. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Everything Under the Sun. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And also make sure to check out our daily podcasts, including Weather Insider. And if you're a history buff and want to learn something new every day, check out this date in weather history. For Andy Robb, I'm Ken Prell. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another brand new episode of Everything Under the Sun. Well, Dean will. We won't. <laughs> 